Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. everyone welcome back to another retro review courtesy of your wrestling purist my name is ryan alongside jeff and we are not listening to moxley's rocky three idea collusion yeah <laughs> fucking collusion um the whole bunch of cm punk drama you want to know why it just God. keeps it, hold on it keeps coming up after low drawing shows and there's a reason for it. It gets more eyes on the product. So I bet you what? I bet you next week's Dynamite is going to be a highly viewed show. God, stop. CM Punk, he came to this company. He just went into the business for himself. He was wow. a cancer in the locker room. He was trying to destroy this company. You know what he thought after not being in a wrestling ring for eight years? Oh, man, I really want to go to AEW and burn that place down from the inside out. So... Leave AEW alone. Everything's CM Punk's fault, and you'll be better. You, you'll be more the wiser if you just realize that. Mm. Gonna inject a dose of lethal poison. <laughs> uh, Jesus makes as much sense as that shit. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think the two take takeaways from that just very briefly. Um, is number one, Dave Mel. Number one, Dave Mel is a liar because fuck Dave Meltzer. Yeah, he always has been, but again, he's in with the Bucks in the in AEW and, T- and Tony Khan, so mm. probably believes what he says. Yeah, and then number two is um, Baby Mama Chris Jericho is a liar and a stooge. Well, because he is. But he can't do anything wrong either if you ask anybody. Well, God damn it. Why are we doing this at, um, the top of the, at the top of this show? You know what? I feel like it need to be at least addressed in that matter. But you know what? Because we actually got talking about this earlier in our in our you know group chat with Eddie and Travis. And see, now I got to make sure I, I reference this correctly and give the appropriate credit. Me be better before the where we get sued or something for crying uh, out loud. No, no, no. Travis said, who does Mox think he is? Hogan? With his backstage control and politicking and Oh, he definitely ain't that, Jack. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, speaking of somebody who is Terry Bollea, we're talking WrestleMania 8 uh, today. This is the this is the quote double main event and i put that in air quotes because one of your main main events is in the middle of the damn card yeah 
Which is the the main event, but guess what? Guess we'll get into that later. Look, this is WCW 2000 type shit where they had, um, because they signed the demon and the demon had in his contract that he was going to have a main event match. So they plopped him like third or fourth on the card with the wall. Remember from 2000? And it was a special main event. Unfortunately. And he lost to the wall. So I don't think, I don't think he was Sergeant A wall yet. So, no, no, he wasn't. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, so WrestleMania eight. This is April sixth, ninety two. Wait, is that a five? Yep, that's a five. April fifth, ninety two. Um, from the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, sixty two thousand one hundred sixty seven fans in attendance. And the tagline here: Friendship torn apart. And as Rick Flair would say, bright lights, big city, and a line of women around the block to take a shot at the champ. Some people, some <laughs> people would say big titties, but you know, I, you went with that one. It doesn't matter. Um, so we'll, um, so we covered Royal Rumble '92 back in, back in January. Um, this is the '92 Rumble where um, Rick Flair, where where the WWF. World Heavyweight Championship was on the line. Ric Flair went from number three all the way to the end and won it. And this is kind of how the Hogan um, Sid feud got got started. Because um, I'm sure Jeff, you remember um, the last two in that '92 Rumble were Sid Justice and Ric Flair. Um, eliminated right before that, clean as a damn whistle. Um, Mr. Hulk Hogan himself. Yep. Um, and got to give credit where credit is due here. Um, Hogan gets half of an elimination, um, for getting Sid Justice out of out of the Rumble. Uh, him and Flair did it both. Flair wins. We have our feud set up here. Um. Yeah, that's that's really all you need to know. Um, oh, this was the um, this was the Bret Hart flu card, um, mm, where yeah. where they had hot shot of the title to the Mountie, and then Piper beat the Mountie here on this card. So this is that match as well on this card. Um, oh, and there's a um world championship match uh, between Flair and Savage. Um, so there's that too. Um, but I think you can understand the seriousness for that match that I have in my voice. It's serious. It's serious enough that we're putting a dead smack in the middle of the card. Out of nine matches, it's the fifth match. And you, you know, once you watch that one, you almost think the paper is going to be over. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I Spoiler alert. I really wish there wasn't. <laughs> uh, all right. So we get started, you know, standard video package at this point for Mania. You got Vince doing his typical yelling shtick. Oh, um, he's going. In, he's, he's in full, like, crying. Ah, I'll be just tearing the Mania. Oh, yeah. Just just peak 
um, over the top Vince here. Um, covering the big matches, um, obviously the double main event, Hogan said Flair Savage, uh, you know, based on my sarcasm from moments ago, um, could you take a guess at what the main event is? Fortunately. Yeah, well. Uh we got Gorilla Monsoon and Heenan on the car on the call for this one, so um it's positive. Uh just, um, just absolutely great. Yeah, um kind of bummed that they are not at ringside. Um they are yeah. up in the booth quote for this one. Heenan's great. I mean a gorilla is too. Ah, they're um, both so okay. Because we talk about Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan pretty frequently when we get to these older cards. are Do you think that they are one of the best, if not the best, commentating duo in pro wrestling history? Um, I, I do. And I, I would argue, too, that I'm just a brain guy. So brain in anybody. Brain Shivani. Well, no, Shivani mm-hmm. can go to hell, but brain, uh, brain yeah, Jesse. Yeah. Brain, um, Vince, but Gorilla, Gorilla, uh, and, and Bobby are great as well. I mean, this, this, this Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain slash Bobby the Brain Gorilla, I mean, you just can't. You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. And Jesse the Body Ventura, to me, just any trifecta of that, and you just can't go wrong. And people also have to remember, too, the time period. There isn't, you don't, there aren't, it isn't a spot fest like it is now. So there's not all these spots where you go, oh, and you and I and all that. Like it's, it's different wrestling. Mm-hmm. But Bobby the Brain is probably. Well, he is one of the greatest managers of all time, and he's also one of the greatest comic color commentary guys of all time. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, um, we get the national anthem by uh, Miss Miss Reba McIntyre. Um, that's all it needs to be said. Oh, um, yeah. And immediately, the brain calls her a Reba McIntyre. Yeah, Ariba. Uh, perfect. Um, I mean, we're jumping right into our first match here. Um, it is um, Tito Santana, also known as El Matador, uh, taking on uh, the Heartbreak Kid, uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, you know, Mister Mister Hickenbottom himself, um, the authority figure there over on NXT. Um, uh, so Sean's getting his big heel push here. Um, he's recently heel, honestly. Um, I mean, he has Sherry on his side. A lot of heel mannerisms here. Um, I'm gonna kick it over to the um to the to the heartbreak aficionado over here. Uh, my bro- my my broadcast partner. Um. Jeff, what did you think of our opening contest here for WrestleMania 8? Okay, well, first let me get this out of the way. Um, fuck Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Fuck Hickenbottom, <laughs> Hickenbach, whatever he is. Um, I will tell you that to tell you that, to tell you this, that his in-ring stuff is really good. 
and he's so good. Mm-hmm. And this match, I mean, he's a little over the top for me, but that's kind of Shawn Michaels it, with some of his bumps and, you know, and all that. And is he a piece of shit? Yes. But is he a good uh, in-ring worker? Yes. And I thought that this was a good match to open. I enjoyed the finish. The finish looked like two guys like wrestling, struggling. If you watch it now, you would through the 2023 eyes, you would think like, well, what happened on that finish? Uh, nothing. It just looked like two guys competing and not working together. Like that's why it looks odd now, but it's not odd. It's just a good finish. So yeah, this wasn't a barn burner or nothing to write home about, but it was telling a good story. You can tell Sean's they're, they're getting him over and he's going over. And also too, I think that's what's missed with sensational Sherry. She's so good. And once he started being with her and coming out with her, that kind of gave him credibility. And yes, she gets ditched here, you know, not before long, which I think was a good idea. But at this time, it gave him legitimacy and made him, you know, a a punchable face. Well, hell, he could do that on his own. But it just gave him, he was just legit when he was with Sensational Sherry. So, and that's, that's a nod to her. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. She had a pretty strong track record at the time, you know, um, being a former women's champion in her in her own right, um, but also jumping from Randy Savage to you know Ted DiBiase, and it, he immediately you know bring up those two names in the late eighties, early nineties. That's gonna bring you, you know, that's gonna add to your you know clips there. You know, that's that's just adding to your notoriety. So when she went with, you know, Shawn Michaels, it was, like you said, immediately establishing that, you know, Shawn was a guy that, sh- that shouldn't be messed with. You know, yeah. obviously we know the truth, but, um, but I agree. This man, this, this opener was good. Um, this was Sean's first singles match at WrestleMania. So I think in his first show, and I know that at the time he was probably mid, mid twenties, you'd say. Yeah, roughly. Um, yeah. So how old he is now minus 30. So 27 ish. Yeah. So mid to late twenties. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a big, big spot. And we touched on it a little bit on the last uh on the last retro review that WrestleMania was still very much so in it, in its infant stages where it was not you know at this point it was just starting to build up you know the to what it is today um yes you know when we look at main events from you know, we covered WrestleMania one. Um, so, you know, we look at two where you have the three cities. That was a shit show. Um, WrestleMania three was your know, Hulk and Andre. Everybody remembers it as, you know, Andre getting scooped, sc- scoop slammed. Um, WrestleMania four was Randy Savage and Ted DiBiase. But WrestleMania four was also the tournament. Um <laughs> It was also, I think it was, I'm looking it up now to be precise, uh, 15, uh, 16 matches. Um, 
And for WrestleMania, even WrestleMania 35 would be confused. Um, remember that mania was like seven hours. Um, wow. Yeah. So then you go to WrestleMania five. You've got you've got Savage and Hogan for the for the title. Um, WrestleMania six, Hogan and Warrior winner winner take all. So I think between five and six was when it really started to to build to be the quote unquote showcase of the of of the Immortals. And then you look at last year's, which was WrestleMania seven, um, and this was. Kind of, kind of a dud, um, in a lot of people's eyes. This also had fourteen matches on it. Um, uh, yeah. Um, with the main event being uh, Sergeant Slaughter defending the title against Hogan. So again, it was ninety-one. Slaughter just turned heel, being the Iraqi sympathizer. Um, Hogan That's won. So good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was really good. I wish it would have had some more time, but obviously. Speed it up just a little bit. Um, that was also the Ultimate Warrior retirement match against Randy Savage. Um, Randy Savage, quote unquote, re- retired, but now he's back. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, that's why we're here. WrestleMania 8 now, and we kick off. So n- now we've had, you know, essentially two to three manias in a row, and even four if you want to go that far back of it slowly picking up steam as just this uh, professional wrestling juggernaut of an event. And I think for HBK to be in a spot like this, where he is the opener, um, this match goes 18 and a half minutes. Um, at times, I will say it felt like it went a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, I think that it was well done for what was going on. Um, Sean's first Mania match made him look like like a star. Um, and then vice vice versa, though, um, Sean is bumping his ass off for everything. And the crowd was red hot for this match, too. Like yeah. start start to finish, they were they were in for it. Um so props to both of them. This was a pretty good opener. Um, and like you said, the finish. I watched the finish twice because I was in that mindset that you were that you were describing, you know, and it could just be um the amount of wrestling that I watch these days. Uh but it looks you thought you, thought, you- you thought something was wrong at first, right? So I legitimately thought that the finish was missing or somebody slipped, forgot a spot. So I went back and watched it because I'm like, now Tito Santana is not let, letting that happen. You know, remember Tito Santana beat, beat the executioner at WrestleMania one. Oh yeah. That was the first WrestleMania match. He ain't letting this shit slip. Um, but then it's exactly what Jeff said. It's two guys fighting for control. Um, and Shawn Michaels gets the win. And like, like Jeff, I enjoyed the finish because not only does it seem natural, it also seems like 
Sean being the younger wrestler, being, you know, bright, you know, being under the bright lights that, you know, maybe he, you know, just, just got lucky, you know, and mm-hmm. it's what, what I kind of enjoyed about it. Like, you know, the younger guy getting one over on, on the vet, um, really enjoyed it. Um, a little, like, like I said, a little slow at times, but I thought it was well done to open the show. Yep. And then at the end, he kind of, Tito wanted to, hey, you know, shake his hand or, hey, good, good match. And Michaels told him, take a hike, bud. The fuck out. <laughs> I tried. There we go. Yeah, I, tr- <laughs> I tried. Um, I know this answer already, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you like Shawn Michaels' theme better? Or do you like Kurt Angle's rend- rendition of Shawn Michaels' theme better? Um, I mean, <laughs> he's just it's a obvious. sexy. He's just a sexy Kurt, and he'll make your ankle hurt. Yeah, I mean, that's what else do you need? Uh um, a lot of good signs in the crowd too. Yes, um, this is kind of the um, evolution of that as well. Because if you look at the last like WrestleMania or two, maybe you'll see one occasionally. But this is the first WrestleMania where it's really um, full full out, where people brought a lot of signs. Um, one said, "Bring bring back the Warrior." Uh, yeah. God no. Um, Sean well, is the true Sean is the true rocker. Um, and actually, that yeah. Warrior one was only a couple of years off too. So, um, good on yeah. That. And again old wrestling here yeah. men women children elderly everybody's losing their minds in this crowd for 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 this wrestlemania event everybody damn right and while and while we're getting into it as well vince tapped into this and he wasn't the first but he was the first to to really 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 slam it home mm-hmm. and, and at this point in 92 it, it had been going on for a while but Look at the merch. Look at the shirts. Mm-hmm. Look at the look at the toys. Look at the dolls. Look at the foam fingers. Look at everything. I mean, it's just a complete cash cow. It's about the almighty dollar. Yep. Nobody knows that more than Vince when you cut people right as the pandemic starts. During record oh, profits. Oh, Vince. Mm. What a polarizing is there another person or figure as polarizing as he is, not just in the world of professional wrestling, but in the world of combat sports? Um and I know that's a heavy question, but when you start to think about it and you're thinking about Vince McMahon the businessman and not Vince McMahon the character, it really no, 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 because he's turned he turned an actual wrestling company, like an actual like pro wrestling company that his dad owned, Ben Senior WWWF into one of the biggest entertainment, I mean to be fair, sports entertainment deals 
I mean, just just look at the. I mean, I, we don't have the numbers in front of us, but look at the revenue. Look at the. I mean, just just look at it over the years. How much do you think Vince has made? I'd love to know this number. How much do you think he's made in? You know, I don't know since he's taken over the company. Stop. And then you. I mean, I'm just saying. And yeah. then put that up. Put that up against any. You know, thing that's not named. You know, the NFL, right? Yeah. Not wrong. Or, or or your main, you know, in actual, you know, sport, actual sports that have, you know, 70, 80, 90 years on them, right? It's ridiculous. And you, even now, like, good, like, it, it, listen, everything he does, everything he's done isn't good, but everything he's done isn't bad. Like, you know, on this show, we'd like to separate somebody can be a piece of shit and still, have done good things in their life or for business or for this and for that or whatever. So with that being said, I mean, is he a scumbag? Yeah, probably. But if you're talking about running a company and, and turning this thing WWE now into what it is now. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Yeah, absolutely agree. A hundred percent. And I say combat sports because it kind of encompasses more than just the world of pro wrestling. Because if we're talking about just pro wrestling, it's not even close. There's not a more polarizing figure in the wrestling world than Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I mean, oh no, no. And and I mean, if it, if if you think of it this way, it's a whole business that's built on. You know, this is the Wrestling Purist podcast, so we're going to keep kayfabe here. But it's a whole business that's built on booking, and we'll leave it mm -hmm. at that. So you can draw, you can come to your own conclusions on that. So you know that going into this, but yet you give your money, you watch, you buy tickets, you order. Well, I guess not anymore, but you still order pay per views. I mean, it's just insane. Hey, AEW still 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 makes you pay forty nine ninety nine for their pay per views. Yeah, to watch a dynamite or or a whatever rampage rampage. Um, so this show did three hundred ninety thousand buys. Um, it, that was um to this point the second lowest in company history. Um. <laughs> Which three hundred ninety thousand buys? Tony Khan wishes. So, okay, so let's let's do this. Man, I'm telling you, Cod, we need we need sound effects on this show. Um, <laughs> we we I, I, I'm gonna work on it. We just <laughs> oh yeah, we we need a soundboard. I, I'm gonna get on that um here, but oh okay, yeah. So so what's that again? What's that? How much money did they make compared to? today's inflation calculator okay because oh good so how much would you say a pay-per-view was back in 1992 and probably at least 30 bucks right uh we'll just say 30 okay okay so that's a so that's 11.7 million dollars okay in 1992 and that that's just on pay-per-view buys right uh yeah Eleven million dollars. Eleven point seven. Okay. So no, no. So we're not talking about tickets that are actually sold. 
like actual ass and seats. We're not talking about merch. We're not talking about hot dogs. We're not talking about parking spots, but go ahead. Nope. Um, in 2023, inflation for that is uh, 25.1 million. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> but yeah. again, have everybody tell you that AEW slash modern wrestling, it's the best it's ever been. Guys out here making eleven thousand, eleven million dollars in a night. Um, oh, 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 oh! And by the way, that that was the least bought pay per view to this point, <laughs> and it grossed eleven million dollars. Yeah, um, nineteen eighty six was two hundred fifty thousand buys. Um, but see, and it's wild because this would actually be so ninety three was four hundred thirty thousand buys. 94 was 420 and it wouldn't spike back up until uh WrestleMania in 1998. Um obviously uh, uh so it's 23 now. No 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 I, I mean money money oh. money oh. I mean buys um, buys. Buys was 730,000. 730. Okay. So it was the second Can we do so, that please? Yeah. So it was the second highest to this point. Um Nine nineteen eighty nine, I believe that was WrestleMania five. Yeah. Okay. That's so what's six, you said seven hundred and thirty thousand buys? Twelve, thirteen. So this is WrestleMania fourteen. Um. Oh, of course, that's why because this was this was uh when Sean lost to Stone Cold and Tyson was there, and okay. so okay. that that makes sense. Okay, but okay, um, but what's what's that the money? What is that? Thirty bucks a ticket, right? So, so we're gonna stick with thirty. I'm bucks sorry, a th- ticket. thirty bucks. No, I mean th- or, yeah, thirty bucks a pay per view yeah. buy, right? Um, which is 20, probably more, but but 20, go twenty one point nine million. Okay, so and what's that in today's money? Forty double. Um, forty seven million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I would kill kill for that. Okay. Forty-seven um, million dollars. Yeah. Um, and that's just and that's buys. Okay. And it would actually steadily increase until 2001. And what's what well, never mind. We're just down the rabbit hole at this point. If you're still listening uh, and you're just following yeah. along with us, I apologize. Um, I mean, we're in between matches here, but this is the part where we go down the rabbit hole to see how much money WrestleMania is making today. It just, again, as wrestling purists and as me as a wrestling historian, you can be mad at all you want, but the numbers are the numbers. That's yeah. just, just what they are. Like, we're not making them up. They're there for everybody. You can consume them the way, the same way we are. Um, just on pay per view buys in two thousand and one. Um, if we're doing thirty bucks a pay per view, it's thirty one point two million. <laughs> um, which would be, God forbid, it'd be forty. Um, sixty six point nine million. Yeah. Um, <laughs> most bought WrestleMania of all time. Um, that would be 2012. Was that the year that Brock came came back? 2012. I have no idea. 
Oh, that was that was WrestleMania 28. We've, oh, okay. we've, we've covered that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're getting ready to cover the... Ugh, it's twice, twice in a lifetime. Okay, so we're, we're going to be smart about this. We'll do this one, and then we'll move on. Um, so in 2012, it was 1,253,000 pay-per-view buys. Okay. What do you think the pay-per-view was in 2012? Like, what do you think the pay-per-view purchase amount was? Oh, no idea. I mean, I mean, I, in 2012, I mean, I would argue it's probably $40, right? We'll go 40. Yeah. I think that's fair because I think that was around the time where HD was really starting to take off. So you had the two options. Yeah, the, the, um, there, there's no way it's thirty dollars like 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 we were saying in '92, right? So 2012, it's nah, got to yeah. again. I remember my dad paying for, for for these things, and they were forty forty five dollars. I remember going up to fucking fifty and being pissed off about it. But so go ahead. Let me change the year here. Um, so if we're going off forty a ticket, or sorry, forty a pay per view. I keep saying ticket. Um, that's fifty million dollars. And can we adjust that for inflation? Uh, $65.7 million. Okay. Well, just another hum-ho pay-per-view. Uh, shit. And that's all to see. Um, great, great matches such as Cody Rhodes versus The Big Show. Kelly Kelly and Maria Menounos versus Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres. Eve, you got everything you want, everything you need. Kane versus Randy Orton. Although this is also the show um, that had Punk versus Jericho, Undertaker versus Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Hell in a Cell, um, Once in a Lifetime. So there was a lot to be, I think, excited for with that. But for more on that, you can go check out the Retro Review episode we had on WrestleMania 28. So, moving on here. <laughs> Welcome back. Every time. Thank you for going on that trip. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Uh, it only gets worse. Um, actually, it's better than it gets worse. Uh, mean Gene with the Legion of Doom and their uh, debuting manager, Paul Ellering. Um, LOD had been in WWF for a couple of years now. Um, so this is the reintroduction, I guess you could say. Now with Paul, now with Paul Ellering, um, they lost the tag titles to Money Inc. a few months prior to this. Um, this is a long promo. Like, yeah, this was I enjoyed m- it though. Minutes. Um, it was a lot of rambling, but it was no promo. If you're in a backstage segment between matches, needs to be five minutes long. Well, uh, okay, so I agree with you there, but I thought that everything that Paul Ellering said was great, especially in the sense of, I think it's it it had an old school feel. He was saying, you know, when my guards are good, they're good, and when they're bad, they're real bad. And then he also said, we're old fashioned. We beat people up for money, and I was like. Amen. Just amen. There we go. Yeah, just there we go. if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But you know. 
Well, then we go back to Sean Mooney, who is now with Jake Roberts, who is a newly turned heel. Um, he's facing the Undertaker here. Um, they show the clip of Jake the Snake as a guest on the funeral parlor, um, which was great. DDT's Paul Bearer um, hits Undertaker with a chair. And then he says that he's going to drive Undertaker's head to the mat with the DDT. And then he looks in the camera and then just says, trust me. And I'm like, done. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, A million times sold. Yep. So, go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say when, when people talk about oh, you know, who's really solid on the mic or who can really cut a damn good promo? People are like, oh, yeah, The Rock's good. Oh, yeah, Cena's good. Uh, Flair can have a good promo. No, Jake Jake the Snake Roberts as a heel was delivering some incredibly scary promos at the time. I agree 100%. He, he's so good in... in, in the way he does these things in a time, if you watch this card with us in a time period where everybody yells like this and they can't wait to tell you why they're going to yell and beat you up and do all these things. In that time period, he's just talking nice and calm, telling you why, Mm -hmm. what he's going to do, why he's going to do it. Something biblical, something to make you think. And it's absolutely a million dollars. Absolutely a million dollars. And and great work too by the camera, how they, they pull out at the right time, they pull in at the they, they come in at the right time, you know, on his face and everything. And even with Flair later, uh so good. So good. Yeah. And um we get to that match now. Um it is uh Jacob the Snake of Roberts uh taking on <laughs> The under yeah, I can't take credit for that. Brian Brian Zane's been on that for a while, and I actually and I and a, it's quite it's quite good. That's um, a good one. Yeah, credit to Wrestling with Regret for that one. Um, Undertaker is one and zero at at WrestleMania. Um, he beat Jimmy Snuka in his WrestleMania debut, um, and has since then won the WWF Championship. Lost the WWF Championship, and now he's a babyface. Yeah, pretty much. Well, kind of, but yes. Eh, I mean, yes, yes, and no. Um. So, um, this is it. It's a match. It happened. Um, I think a combination of things come into effect here when you're watching a match like like this. So it's almost the middle of 92. Um, you know that you know that Jake the Snake is on his way out at this point. He's getting ready to jump ship to WCW. Uh, mm-hmm. um, somebody look up Cole, Cole Miner's glove match, please. Um, and then <laughs> and the uh, and the Undertaker is white hot at the moment. Um, you know, his manager just got DDT'd. You know, he heard a five four. So Jake hits the DDT in this in in this match. Um, but you know, by the quote power of the urn, 
Undertaker just sits right back up, which Jake's on the way out of out of the company, and they've been for as long as he's been with WWF has put over the DDT as this um, deadly, dev- devastating finisher um, and putting over the Undertaker with it. Um, big old, big old props. Yeah. So again, it's exactly what you said. The match isn't anything to write home about, but mm-hmm. with that being said, it's a really, it, the, the story, the, the, well, the, the story being told here, is really really good, and that and that's what I can get with. So, just you, you know, him using the two DDTs, the urn lifting up, you know, as he used the urn, it rises up the Undertaker because it's still kind of early in Undertaker's deal, you know, and 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 his his that's where I'm looking for his run, if you will. Mm. So I enjoyed that that aspect of it. The Matt, the wrestling, not too much because Undertaker's walking around at a snail space. But with that being said, the story that they were portraying uh, was really good in in my book. Yeah, uh, definitely agree. And commentary was putting it over like nobody's business. So that's Dude. again, that's half the battle. And again, Gorilla Monsoon and and Bobby the Brain on commentary just constantly killing it. Um, continuing to do a fantastic job at making you believe that even though something looks average or is average, they're making you believe that it's much higher and much stronger than than how than how it looks. Yes, or how oh. it's portrayed. Um, Undertaker tombstones Jake Roberts on the outside rolls him back in pins him one two three. Uh, that is that Undertaker is two and zero at uh the show of shows here, uh, and so uh the reason he left WWF uh so essentially Vince promised him a spot on the writing staff, uh a spot had just opened up. Uh, because Pat Patterson uh, was stepping away uh, due to the sexual harassment scandal that he was facing at the time. Um, and Vince, out of respect for Pat Patterson, left the spot open, didn't fill it. Um, Jake was upset. He threatened a no-show WrestleMania if he was not given a release from his contract. Ooh. Can I cut in on this? Do it. Um, he actually was on the writing staff for a little bit. A little bit, yeah, you're right. I think, yeah. I think, I think this is more about like an actual like stepping away. Yeah, from yeah, in ring, but like actually being a part of it, like a full time me- member. And I mean, when you're when you're promised some something like that, where you know, I mean, and look at the way the guy cuts promos. I mean, yeah, ha- yeah. Why wouldn't you want this guy in the writing staff? Well, it's crazy. I, I'm- I'm only telling you that to tell you this is I know that because I listened to Cornette and Cornette was was responsible for picking him up and taking him to all the uh uh because because he said he he, he didn't have a license. <laughs> Jake didn't. So yeah, so Cornette was tasked with that and boy he wasn't Jake's biggest fan, if that, that makes sense. Oh yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh -huh. But yeah, so he would go to WCW where, um, you know, Grizzly Smith was at at the time. Um, he, of course, had to wait 90 days. So that would put him um, about beginning of August. And that October was the infamous spin the wheel, make the deal match um, at mm -hmm. Halloween Havoc 92, um, which we have also covered. Wait, have we covered this one? No. Yeah. No. Yes. Spin the wheel, make God, the deal. Yes. God yes. damn it. We have. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of 91. Look, it. it's a fucking show. Okay. Um. I just wanted to talk about the Halloween Phantom. You know, just, just lives in my soul. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of backstory there is why this is the last time you see Jake Roberts um, in WWF for like the next four years or so. Um, so backstage, Mean Gene is with our next two competitors. Uh, that'd be IC champion Roddy Piper and Brett Hart. And um, you can go check out our TikTok at WPPod1 for this exact promo because yeah. it's it's really damn good. And it's more it's more or less Piper being Piper and really not really, really trying to make light of a situation when this is a big time <laughs> match and Bret Hart not having any of it. Not at all, but this is great all, all the way around. Um, spoiler: This is my match of the night. Um, is I, it really? It is. I loved everything about Piper, this. Piper and Brett. Yeah. Um. It it uh, it just edges out the WWF title match. I'm um, I'm only asking because this is also my match of the night. Yeah. So I, thought, <laughs> I, I I just didn't want their I didn't want the, the listeners yeah. to think there's any collusion going on here. No, there's no there's no collusion when we do these matches of the night. Um, no, as soon as I watched this promo and I put it on our TikTok, I knew um, this had a good opportunity to be my match of the night. Um, it's just the way that um, they almost come to fisticuffs back backstage um, and it kind of crescendos in the promo to what was going to happen in the ring. And um, this is courtesy of Dave Meltzer. Let's see where you're at here. Um, this is three and a half stars out of five. I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, this is a damn near perfect WrestleMania match. Um, you know, we have, we have Bobby Heenan on commentary saying that it's the street fighter against the excellence of execution. Um, both guys look like a million bucks, no yeah. doubt. Um, and I mentioned, I mentioned the Heenan line because this is the fucking story of the match. It's, it is Bret Hart constantly out out wrestling piper and in turn piper continues to get the upper hand by any means necessary uh by getting a little bit more physical being a little bit less technical um yeah um 
I enjoyed the blade job in this. It was it was expertly done by somebody who knows how to blade. Oh um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, I would I would ask that you know somebody like you know Mox um, go check this out, but wrestling didn't exist before 2017 for him. So yeah, um, God, what are you doing? I um, but as soon as the blood started flowing for this one. I think it was like the, the momentum swing in this match directly went to Piper. Um, it, it, it was just a beautiful crescendo of action and storytelling. Um, intensity grew as the match progressed. Um, this is one of the greater WrestleMania matches um, that you'll, that you'll see. I literally can't gush any more than that. I just thought it was great. I thought it wasn't rushed. I thought it had everything that you wanted, nothing that you didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought, like you said, the the way they were portraying everything and executing everything was damn near perfect in my eyes. You had blood, but not but not to the point where it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Again, I, I take it with a grain of salt. I'm a homer. Um, I love Red Heart, so there's that. But I, I thought this was great, and I'm glad that Cod did as well. Um, I'm going to gush about the finisher now, about the finish, um, where we do get a ref bump, but this is a perfect scenario of how to work in a ref bump to the story that you're telling where, as I was just saying, you know, Piper at this point is trying to counter Brett by any means necessary. And in turn, we get the ref bump and Piper taking the opportunity um, goes to get the ring bell and then doesn't use it. He doesn't you he doesn't use it. He locks in the sleeper. And this is now an infamous spot that WWE has done a handful of times with one Shayna Baszler when when she locks in her rear naked choke. Um is her opponent will walk up the turnbuckle pads, uh go go over, turn it into a pin. Um and it's tough to release the submission and it's a three and that's how Brett gets his intercontinental championship back. Um, This is a damn near perfect match for me. That's a beautiful thing. Damn near perfect. And I, and I know, you know, that we've, we've said that a lot on here. I know that when we did WrestleMania 20, um, we had a couple of five, of five star matches. I'm going to, I'm going to add this one to the list. Wow, really? Um, everything about this was just beautiful. It doesn't go too long. The crowd is invested. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's it's a fantastic I- example of you can you can have a feud go for you know, f- you know, 3 3 months, you know. And it's how, and you get to that three month point and it's either, 
oh, well, this has been our booking decision all along. We're going to get to Mania. Piper's going to put the title on Brett. We don't care how we get there. We're going to get there. you know. Or you invest in telling the story, building the storylines yep. to the Brett Flu the the Brett Flu match where he drops it to the Mountie. The Mountie drops it to Piper. Piper is now working towards defending against Brett and it's months of promos back and forth. They know that we're coming upon this and we get there and it's the war of words before the match. It's a perfect introduction for this match. Um, the match matches what the promo did, what the build did, what the story did. And this is why I like doing the rumble and then doing the WrestleMania for the same year, because the, because, and I've said this before, when we talk about the Royal rumble, it is starting the road to WrestleMania. All roads have a finish. This is the finish. This is in my eyes, a five-star classic. Well, and I think as well, what what we're, well, not, we're not missing, but what people forget is that you, you had to book this way because you needed to pay, you needed pay-per-view buys. Like you needed them. Mm -hmm. Like you had to have them. It's not like it is now where premium live events, whatever the hell that is. And I mean, I guess AEW is doing it, but they're Mark Fran. And fans are always going to buy them, and they're never going to get any bigger. They're only going to get smaller, you know, if they do. But I'm just saying, you know, it's just going to be stagnant. But in a time where you have to actually put asses in seats every 12 inches, this is this is the good booking, or you know, that that you need and you have to have. Like you, you have to have it. And then after the match, Piper puts the title on Brett. He helps him to his feet. Um, so when we talk about like dream matches in 2023, um, for example, Kenny Omega and, you know, Vikingo on last night's dynamite, um, by the way, did you watch that Jeff? Watch what? Um, Kenny Omega versus Vikingo on uh, dynamite last night. Um, absolutely not. Fair enough. Um, so Vikingo is. I will say as as advertised. Um, he's a mid twenties uh, luchador, and all his flips and flippy doos and all that, and six thirties and seven twenties, like he's Sean White without a snowboard. Um, all facts, all real, all real stuff, and it works for his character because of who he is. Um, match was good. Um, but comparing it to this, where this is essentially a dream match, you look at 1992 perspective and Piper and Brett is a match that fans wanted for a long time. It just yeah. never happened. And so this is a, this is a dream match, but then you see how it's at least acknowledged after the match. Um, whereas this between Kenny Omega and Vikingo, it was used to further this uh, Hangman and Kenny Omega storyline and the Blackpool Combat Club 
And I guess they beat up the Bucks earlier in the show. Um, but it shouldn't have to be, oh, here's a dream match. And then less than 30 seconds later, fuck it. You didn't see this dream match. It was just a dream uh, because you're going to forget about Vikingo in a week. Okay. Yeah. This is not that type of dream match where you're still going to see Piper chase and you're still going to see Brett work up and you're still going to see him be a WWF champion. Like these are guys that would be on the same, on the same trajectory, you know, and it, it really kills me when you have actual dream matches like this and fans can get behind it. And then, you know, two weeks from now, probably two weeks from this show, two weeks from this WrestleMania, people still remembered who Rowdy Roddy Piper was and who Bret Hart was because, because they were two of the best going at the time. No, Mad props to what, you know, Vikingo did in, you know, his AEW de- debut. I've seen better. I've, I've, I've seen him perform better when he was in triple a. Um, yeah, but see that, but to me, that's, that's hot. That's hot shotting. That's a hot shotting it match. It is a hundred percent. And no, and damn well, this guy's he, not going to come back. Yeah. Well, I mean, he may come back, but you, you get what I'm saying. Hey, Jeff Cobb's not coming back. I mean, he is <sighs> he is now, but you see how long it took. It took him. It took him doing the job to Mox back in 2019, maybe maybe beginning of 2020, that weird time where AEW was just getting started on TV, you know. And you can blame the pandemic if you want. Um, it's taken until 2023, so call it three to four years. For Jeff Cobb to to want a match with Kenny Omega and come back over, I t- I I tell you what, if Jeff Cobb does this match, or if they do it at like for at you know, like Forbidden Door, which is a whole nother rant, um, nobody remembers the Jeff Cobb match that he had with Mox from years ago, pre pre pandemic, because they're not wrestling fans. No, because they're not. Thank you, God. Jesus. Eh, well, we are we are the wrestling purists, so you can deal with it if you don't like it. Uh, um. So yeah, we get a satellite interview, um, with um, up and comer, I guess, um, Lex Luger of the World Bodybuilding Federation. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, great. Um, then we are in the locker room. We are we have the Mountie, Repo Man, and the Nasty Boys, um, talking trash about their opponents. Um, then we hear from their opponents that be Sergeant Slaughter, Virgil, Boss Man, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, can I just say that? God damn it! Don't. Don't do this. Kind of say a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the Mountie always gets his man. Two, <laughs> I love the Mountie. Three, this segment is actually terrible. But it's four, awful. But it's it's god awful. But four, 
just plain nasty. I love the nasty boys. Nasty I am. Nasty I am. God bless. I love them. Somebody's going to Pite City. Oh, you damn right. <laughs> as well as they should. Um, it's either it's either Pite City or or uh, Cobb County, Georgia. Mm-hmm. This is all of the gimmicks in one match. It really is because you have the Mountie, the Nasties. You have you have a Repo Man. You have you have Sergeant Slaughter. Um, you've got the Boss Man. You've got Hacksaw. Um, I don't really know if Virgil is. I mean, eh. I mean, um, I kind of brushed over it too just now. But can we can we talk about how they did that that live satellite feed with Lex Luger, even though it was. It was obviously no, like even like in hindsight now, like we can obviously tell that it was pre-recorded. You know what I mean? Because I don't know if they had that technology in '93. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Like it wasn't a live feed, but yeah. I love I love how they worked. Just just a little bit of movie magic and how they worked it and how it looked really really good. It wasn't it wasn't AEW where we have that technology and you got two guys having a conversation with somebody in the back who's off by a second and off by like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yep. no, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, still fuck Lex Luger. Um, Ray Combs of family feud fame does the, um, ring announcing for this match. Um, this is what us on the, uh, wrestling peers podcast would call a paycheck match. Um, very similar to the, um, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, um, the former Fabulous Moolah Memorial Battle Royal. Um, Hey, God, listen, listen, cut on some slack, man. Listen, if they're making $11 million in one pay-per-view, these, these, these guys want to cut, damn it. Don't they look, look, I'm not, look, what else do we say on here? We say, get your money. Okay. Money. I'm not blaming anybody for this, but this is what that is. Yeah, unfortunately. This is a paycheck match and goes six and a half minutes, and it's six and a half minutes I can't get back. No. And for some reason, Slaughter's like the best worker in here. Look, if you have if you have an eight-man tag and Sergeant Slaughter is the best worker in that, well, you I mean, know I wouldn't got say problem. he's the best worker, but <laughs> When he, he is looked, getting enough, time. he looked good. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They gave him enough time for him to look good, I guess. Yeah, I mean, because if we're being honest, it's probably Boss Man. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I mean, and the and Ray Combs doing the Family Feud thing, doing the introduction. Ugh. Um. Sar, I mean, Sergeant Slaughter was just in the main event the year prior. Eh. Um, there is nothing memorable about this. No, it's just a match on the card. It is. Um, Virgil is well, a brawl break breaks breaks out. Sorry, let me let me start there. Um, a huge brawl. Um, all that's left in the ring 
is Virgil and and the Nasty Boys. Okay. Um, Sags um, goes to hit Virgil. He ducks out of the way. Um, Sags hits knobs, and that's the finish. Virgil wins for his team. Yeah, I wish I could tell you that there was some cooler something going on, but there wasn't. Like, maybe Virgil hit a Vikingo 630 onto the big crowd outside or something. No, there was nothing. Like, not a damn thing. Nope. Um, I do think this is what I will give it credit for. This is a good palate cleanser match between um, the five-star Matt Classic that was Piper and Brett um, to what we would get coming up, which was the WWF title match. Um, So we get Sean Mooney with with Ric Flair. Uh, Flair is still with Mr. Perfect. Um, Business consultant. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Executive business consultant. Yeah, is executive business consultant. Uh, um they had pictures of Miss Elizabeth. Um cool. Uh Flair doing Flair promo things. You know um, you don't remember so this good. card? You don't remember when she was like remember when she was like laying by the pool and like they took a picture oh, yeah. of like yeah, this whole deal. Yeah. It's so good. Rick Flair's he's the greatest fucking wrestler of all time. Yeah. Like period. It's not. No doubt. It's it's not up for debate. It's not up for. I mean, he's the greatest wrestler of all. We're not. Time. We're not going to talk about how he wrestled last last year at all. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's the greatest wrestler of all time. Well, he almost he almost died in the ring last last last. Well, year. and it would have been fine by me because he's doing what he loves to do. He's the greatest yeah. wrestler. Of Styling all time. and profiling. Yeah. I, and I, I've seen this a million times. Cod, uh, tell me what you think. But just seeing him with, just seeing him with the winged eagle just looks weird, right? It's so weird. It does because it's not the big gold, and it's just yeah. such a left turn. And um, it kind of took me by surprise. I'm like, what other title does he have? I'm thinking like Mr. Perfect is coming out holding the world title, and something else is going. But then I did a double take. I'm like, holy shit, that's the winged eagle. And Flair, like, again, this isn't, we're not um, giving out trade secrets here, but he looks like a million dollars because he does. His robe is his robe. Mr. Perfect looks great, too. He's got the rhinestones on the back of his thing, it jacket. It says Mr. Perfect. I mean, it's just everything looks and goes to go, together so well. God, it's so good. Um. Surprisingly enough, um, Flair cut a badass promo about how Macho Man was going to try to capture the most coveted trophy of them all. Yeah, mm. and Ric Flair ahead of ahead of the head of the the youth in twenty in the in the two thousands. I believe I, I believe he says. Because, you know, we was talking about the picture with Miss Elizabeth. He says, when you're looking up at that, at that, you know, the, that TV, he's like, uh, he's like, oh, you're going to see and listen to it and listen, pal. 
Yeah, he said, you're going to see Elizabeth, pal. And she's all the way live. And he looks down at the picture, and it's it's just great. It's just great. <laughs> it's great. Um, My, Macho Man in this gold and black is stunning as well. Yeah, it's it's top it's top notch. Yeah. Um and he and 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 Mean Gene is um standing outside the locker room trying to talk to trying to talk to Macho Man. Um and he's a, and he doesn't want to talk talk to anybody. Um Ric Flair with an outstanding entrance. Um comes out first, champ out yes, first. Champ out first. Normally not a good sign. Um so obviously this is very Heenan heavy as far as the flare bias does not matter. Um, Rick and and this is such a great con contrast in how both men are approaching this match. Um, you have Flair very calm, cool, collected, um, taking his time, uh, getting out of the ring, a lot of glitz, glamour, all that. Um, and then Savage gets a huge pop. His music hits, um, upset with the Miss Elizabeth photos, runs down to the ring. Um, so definitely two different styles here. Um, but we have ourselves a world championship match. Um, Jeff, I will start with you. Um, what did you think of the contest? You go first. Um, I kind of shot my shot here already. Um, okay, okay. This was well. This was very close behind the other one for match of the night. Um, a lot of what I said about that match. Um, you know, two two contrasting styles here. Um, two different mindsets. Um, a different story altogether. But um, both men told a tremendous story. Um, back and forth action. Um, like I said, I give the other one the bump just a hair over this one, but um, still a really excellent WrestleMania match. So I'm with you there. I agree. This 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 really could be match of the night. I just didn't like. I just. <sighs> I didn't like. That. I guess the finish kind of got me. And then, two, uh, yeah. the, and then two, we 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 get to a point. Here. Well, actually, I take it back. The finish didn't get me. It was just some of the stuff that went on afterwards. And then there's a spot where Perfect pulls the ref out, and somehow the match isn't disqu- like the match isn't thrown out. Or I don't. I didn't understand that. And it's then later not. in the and then later in the card, we get a disqualification. Or you're like, what? So this is dis- so this team's disqualified, but. Ric Flair wasn't, you know, and I got it. You, they had to put, they're looking to put the belt on Randy, but, but yeah, I, I think that Macho Man and, and I think Savage and Flair is just overlooked and underrated. I think they're really good and have really good chemistry. Uh, I think that, like I said, over the years, they don't get their due you know, with some of the stuff that they've done. And I also think that this is kind of in hindsight, they actually, they actually, with what comes later, they actually end up wasting Randy Savage with this. Um, Cause they never actually, well, they never really kind of do anything with them. They're afraid to pull the trigger, but 
that will pull the trigger all the way. But yeah, this is this is a great match. It's Ric Flair. It's Randy Savage. It's WrestleMania. What else do you need? Again, if you're looking for flips and you're looking for her, Tope Kun Hilos, this isn't for you. But old school wrestling, two guys that could wrestle, Flair, dare I say, in his prime. Who knows what his prime is because he was on top for so long. This was a good match. And it's also, too, it's something about Flair when he wears his all red, too. This is something about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, totally, totally great. The the build uh, the build to the finish and the finish is kind of why I give the nod to the other one. Um, can we talk about Earl Hebner for a second? Unfortunately, yes. Um, he was the best at looking like a clueless stooge. Well, he he's he is <laughs> just he's just jumping around at points. For, you know, where you're like, what, what is he doing? Like I said, the, if you don't notice the referee, they're doing their job. You notice him in a couple spots, and, and Kaj, you've been around me long enough to know, mm-hmm. especially when we go to shows. There's, there's points when I'm watching TV, watching wrestling, there's points sometimes where the ref will be like, oh, hey, don't stop this. Yeah, or do this. Yeah, but why? You're telling them to do this in the wrong spot because you think you need to tell them to do this. And there was a lot of that in this match. Like, don't he's getting them to the turnbuckle and he's like, oh whoa, whoa hold on, Flair. He hasn't even done anything yet, or Hebner. Like what like what yeah. are you telling them to stop? Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. I'm sorry. Triple H isn't in the ring, so you don't you know you don't know what you should be doing here. Yeah. <laughs> um on top of Earl Earl Hebner, there is a uh 22 year old um best best in the world here as well. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't. Yeah, Shane's in the Shane's in the you know Hobbabaloo too. Just uh, random referee. Just I didn't. Um. But yeah. Um. Just the finish and the build to it is not what I wanted out of this. I mean, yeah. It's it's fine. It's just not um it's just not Piper and Brett level. Well, and it's a, it's just a disservice to this match. It's a huge disservice to this cuz it was so good. You have Elizabeth coming down and like that was great and all mm-hmm. that and I just didn't like the I didn't like Flair can't be beating him up after. I mean, I guess he can't use the heel, but I don't know. I it, it just something about the something about the end kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, and um I liked how um you know everybody's like Elizabeth, get out or like go go to the back, whatever. And of course she didn't, but then Bobby Heenan's like, Oh, she's there to cheer on Flair, and then Flair tells her, It's it's for you, baby. <laughs> that Bobby. Yeah, yeah. And then and then later he's gonna kiss her on her sweet supple lips. <laughs> mm. Forget it. Forget about that. Oh yeah, well. 
Um, Flair's not the only one that's at, that's after wrestlers' wives around here. Kurt Angle. Um, you're, you remember that angle? It was um, before he went to TNA, but he was in a feud with you know Booker T, and he was talking about bestiality sex with uh, yeah. Charmel. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Savage wins. Uh, gets a roll up and a hook in the tights, but the pop. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. Elizabeth runs into the ring. Um, Flair looking like he just went to war with the blade job. Um, <laughs> uh, she's uh, like you said, Flair gets his kiss and she's slapping the shit out of him. Um, <laughs> so, Macho Man almost knocks Miss Elizabeth over as he goes to yeah. beat down Flair. Um, it just it like turned into like a two man schmoz. Yeah. I didn't like it. Like, <sighs> so you'll be in agreement with me here. Um, this is where the pay per view gets worse. Yeah, because after this, they show you the Hogan Sid Justice promo. You're like, oh, okay, that that's coming next. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Yeah. Um. We get we do get Sean Sean Mooney backstage first. Um, he's with Mister Perfect and Flair. Um, and he just goes, "Shut up, Mooney," and. You know, uh, Flair complained about, you know, Savage having his tights. Um, Heenan comes back, says he grabbed the tights. Um, you know, they're putting Flair over hard. They're putting over Randy Savage as a cheater. Yep. Um, and Bobby then, Heenan, Bobby Heenan's great. Yeah. When he goes, uh, Flair, when he goes to the back for the promo, and comes when he comes back out, when he goes back on commentary, it's great. He's so distraught. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Flair um, is saying he, that he's going to beat Savage so bad every time he sees Elizabeth, he's going to kiss her on her moist lips. Moist lips. There we go. Yeah. Moist lips. Um, mean jeans with the match. Um, still selling the knee injury like a true champion. Um, saying that he would do anything that he had to do to win. Um, Savage giving Miss Elizabeth the world title, saying it's for her. Cool, great. And then, just as you said, um, we get the WrestleMania 8 press conference, Jack Tunney naming the number one contender for the world championship. Um, it was Hulk Hogan. <sighs> of course, of course, Sid was mad. Um, uh, pretty good pro, pretty good video package there. Um, a long like set of segments here, like back to back here. Yeah. Then we go from this press conference, um, right to um. Rick Martel um, talking shit about Tatanka. 
Um, that comes next. It is Rick the Model Martel taking on Tatanka. Um, this is Tatanka's WrestleMania debut as well. Um, we're still very early into the run of said Tatanka. Um, this is going to be very quick. Um, commentary, both of them. I love both of them to death. We already gushed about them multiple times. They gave no fucks about this match. No, they didn't. And, and, and especially and, Heenan. And the run of matches that they had after this, th- this Tatanka and model one was pretty good. Um, well, well, not pretty good. Like, oh my god! But I mean, it. I, I would definitely put it in the first half of the ma- of the WrestleMania than the second half. No, considering this is the well, considering this is the best of the rest here for this. Um, I don't know if the bar well, is extremely high, but um, this match is okay. I think okay. mid at best. No, 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 it's fine. But what I'm saying, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, what you what you said was right. I'm just saying that th- this was the last of the actual wrestling on the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have you have Heenan only caring about Ric Flair, um, throwing in an Indian related joke every now and again. Uh-huh. Um. This was um we had a couple of them when we covered WrestleMania one. Um this is just an what's the word I'm looking for here? Um this is a showcase match. There you go. Yes. Showcase match for for Tatanka. Um big crossbody pins Rick Martel in four and a half minutes. Um yeah. 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 Ah, boo, boo, boo. Sean Mooney backstage once again, um, talking to Money Inc. That would be Ted DiBiase and IRS. Uh, that would be Erwin R. Scheister. Um, they really didn't have much to say. It was pretty quick. Uh, mean Gene with Earthquake and Typhoon. Um, not a great promo, but. They're they're the faces here. The best thing, the best thing about this match is Jimmy Hart. That's it. Him doing his job in the suit he has on with the airbrush on it, and the you you got the dome on the back of his uh, and the back of his jacket. That's the best thing about this match. They couldn't care less about this damn thing. Um, and and Vince couldn't either because he doesn't like tag team wrestling. Still, still doesn't. I don't care. Hey, if if somebody's like, oh well, the Usos are having good tag tag team matches. Look at how long they've held the tag titles. If there was an actual tag team, even before Triple H, look, the Usos held the tag titles before Triple H came into power. Okay, so yeah. it's longer than that. If he thought there was another tag team that was worth a damn, the the Usos wouldn't have had the titles. So what you're saying is true. In this situation, where you have two teams that the crowd really don't care about, not good. Not good at all. And I'll and I'll tell you what. Um, 
I really hated this match. Yeah, I me too. didn't like it. Crowd didn't care. Nobody in the ring cared. Um, it, it gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse. Um, <laughs> um, it's crazy. Um, you know, so they throw so the natural disasters. They throw Ted DiBiase out of the ring. Um, Typhoon hits a splash on on IRS. Earthquake jumping around. Um, they called it the Tremors. Um, by the way, Tremors one fantastic movie. Um, <laughs> and then you have um, DiBiase and Jimmy Hart pull IRS out of the ring before Earthquake can strike. Um, they grab the tag team titles and leave. That's it. Yeah. And it was bad. No one cared. Uh, not at all. Um, backstage, Mean Gene with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Um, still out oh. of action because oh. of the... Oh, sorry. It's the it's the Beefcake Barber. There we go. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's, for, it's forced to have it. You're um, better than that. Yeah. Well... Beefcake Barber still suffer still suffering from the boating accident that mangled his face. Uh, well, um, he he's Hulk Hogan's best friend, okay, and Hulkamania will live forever. Yeah. Beefcake Beef Barber can fuck all the way off. Uh, I mean, I I don't think any lies were told there. God damn it. Uh, well. Don't worry, because here comes another barn burner. Every you know match that everybody had circled here. Um, we have um the Blackheart himself, Owen Hart, um, taking on Skinner. The only thing I the only thing I can think of here is that Bret Hart said, "Hey, do your boy a solid. Get my brother on the card." And that's the only, that's the only, right? That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, right. I mean, that that's the I only explanation. It's the only explanation. Is it? What year is it? I, I mean, I mean, if, if, if not, then you're telling me like, you're telling me somebody actually there was like, oh man, we got to do, we got to have Owen versus Skinner to go four minutes you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean like there's there's no way um let's see here let's see if they give me any information here um so nothing other than owen hart was between tag teams here at this point um after um well because we just saw um Jim, Jim the Anvil, and Owen Hart at at the Royal Rumble, and they went over the Orient Express. Um, Jim the Anvil leaves, and Owen Hart has nothing to do, so he's a singles guy until he starts uh, tag teaming up with uh, the Birdman himself, Coco Beware. Oh, Coco. Um, do you remember what their tag team name was? Mm, no. 
Uh, yeah, you do. Give it to me. High energy. High energy. Fucking stupid. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, but yeah, there is no information about this match. It's just this is the singles run that Owen had between tag teams. That's it. And that's fair, but like I'm telling you, someone's doing bread of solid. That's the idea. Yeah, I refuse to, to believe anything else. It's very it's very possible. So hey, look out for your boy. Fair. Thanks. Well, Owen Owen wins. That's really it. <laughs> it was a minute long. Um, folks, I'd love to sit up here and tell you like Cod's not telling the truth or he's being some type of way, but that is exactly <laughs> the answer and what happens. Um, because we gotta get to this main main event. Ugh, um we? Mean Gene backstage with Sid Justice, he calls himself the master. Um, he promised it would be Hogan's last match, and boy, was he fucking wrong. By about 18, 19, like 20 years. <laughs> I'm counting TNT and A2. Like, well, he's the one to rule them all, Cod. Can only be one. Um, Vince talking to Hulkster. Um, asking if this is going to be his last match. Well, let me tell you something, dude. Um, <laughs> and if this ain't a circle jerk, I don't know what the fuck is. Okay. I, yeah. um, he says he doesn't know if it's his last match until he gets out there. Then Vince is thanking him for the memories and the inspiration and the Hulkamania. Um, <laughs> um, and for some reason, they cut back to Sid and he he says, I curse you. I curse you and every Hulkamaniac. Um, I, I thought that was great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I curse you. Oh, yeah. he's... He was he was Danhausen before there was a Danhausen. Yeah, yeah, but with yeah. a lot more muscles. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and actual pop. Um, actual pop. So let's talk about this. Let's do it. What? Uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, boy. Um. <laughs> oh man so really quickly we're, before we're, before we're, jeff gets rolling here um mm. this is a match that i can't wait to hear jeff's reaction to because not only is it hogan it's early 90s hogan okay there's a lot that jeff loves right there Early 90s wrestling, Hogan, can't go wrong. Um, this is a main event that should have never happened. Um, it should have it should have been Hogan Flair. Okay, and that's and that's the end of it. 
Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I think we can guess what happened there. Both guys, uh, well, as you, as you've seen, Floyd will do the job for Randy, but I don't think he was doing the job for Hogan. You know, damn well Hogan wasn't doing the job for 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 Floyd. Yeah, in the early '90s, probably not. But it's really funny to me that you know, circling back to dream matches, Hogan and Flair is a dream match, especially in the early '90s. Flair just got to WWF. Um, but it's funny, the first chance WCW got when they had Hogan and Flair in the same promotion ready to go is have them main event the next show. It's fucking bonkers. Yeah, it actually is. Um, that was, let's see, so that would have been 94... Oh yeah, Bash of the Beach, nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, main main event of that card. Um, Ric Flair with Sensuous Sherry, um, Ooh. defending his WCW World Heavyweight Championship against Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart, Mister T, and Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> The hits just keep on coming out. Jesus. Ah, so what do you think of this one? <sighs> Boy, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> um, <sighs> Sid and Hogan shouldn't be wrestling each other ever. No. Like, ever. Just never. In life. Tag team match, sure. But like this... Inside of me. It's, it's, this, is, this is bad. And there's only one person to blame. That's Sid Vicious. Papa fucking Shango. Oh, wait. No, no well. Sid Vicious. Because... No, Hogan, well... Hogan can have a match with anybody. Oh just, fuck you, just, Jeff! He cannot. Uh, listen, Hulk fuck Hogan, all the way off with that, and you know he can't. Hogan can have a match with anybody, except for this, you know, muscle bound, you know, two left footed. Uh, uh, I will rule you, King of the World. Um, you know, I'd rather be playing softball more than I would. I'd rather be be wrestling. Sid Vicious slash Sid Justice. Um, and it's challenge a, here, uh, Sting. And it's oh, Jesus. And it's a disservice to all the Hulkamaniacs. It's a disservice oh, to Hulk Hogan. God. It's a disservice to all the people that bought this pay per view. And it's a complete slap in the face. So, yeah, there's no reason for Papa Sean. Papa Shango's got to come out here to try to save this, <laughs> to, to help to help save this thing because Vince looked through the damn uh, Vince is on gorilla and said, get out there uh, and get and and get Sid vicious off his knees. Cause he's blowing a damn match. That's what he thought. Like, and, and, and it gets even worse than that because then you get um, who we shall not name ultimate warriors fucking dickhead ass. He comes in here later and it becomes a damn shit show when all you had to do, was put Hogan with Flair, and we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had to, we wouldn't have to watch any of this. 
So at the end of the day, this is bad booking by Vince. Mm-hmm. This is bad wrestling by Sid Justice. And now, you know, you have, now you have Hogan who's trying to save this whole thing, which he can, you know, he's putting the company on his back and putting everything on his shoulders. But it's just sad to watch this. It's, it's, it's completely terrible. What'd you uh, think? Of? What if I told you that Sid Justice was not the first person to kick out of the Hogan leg leg drop? Um. Well, no, because didn't Warrior kick out of it? Um, okay, late on me then. Nishiro Tenru. Oh, well. That would be 1991. Sid Justice, 92. Um, Yokozuna and Muda in 93. Yeah, I know Vader. Muda. Vader in 95. I didn't know that one. Uh, the Giant in 1997. That was three consecutive leg drops in a cage match. That's bad booking then. Yeah. Um, Luger in 97. Yeah. Uh, Piper in 97. Yeah. Um, Jacques Rougeau in 97. What is going on in 97? Um, he got hit with two leg leg drops. Okay, so this was the show. Okay, this one is kind of a gray area though, because I think this was a dark match because they were doing like a they were doing like a Canadian tour, and Rougeau okay. had to go over. I think. Okay, okay, yeah. But there's no way this is on television. You don't kick out of two fucking leg drops on, on a pay-per-view, I can tell you right now. Yes, you do. I don't care how old Hulk Hogan is. The giant did it. But he got it. He took three. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at least he's a giant. Huh. <laughs> at least he's a giant. Who look, I I don't I don't care who I don't care who you are, okay. You're not kicking out of a leg drop. Fuck all of oh, Ultimate Warrior out the fucking ring. Fucking okay. Luke. Okay, so here, so here's the Jacques Rougeau story. And obviously, I'm filling this in because the actual match with Sid and Hogan is pure dog shit. Okay. Um, so we had the return of the amazing French Canadians um in September of 96 in 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 WCW. In 97. Um, they were at the Molson Center in in Montreal. Um, it was right after wrestling on Sirius Satellite Radio Channel ninety eight. Um, uh, Jacques told the host that Hogan put him over because of his respect for the Rougeau family name, um, and for keeping a clean wrestling image. Yeah, I mean, it's class act. Um, on Colt Cabana's podcast, um, one of Jacques Rougeau's former former students, uh, Kevin Steen, um, stated that there was always a rumor that um, Hogan laid down for Rougeau for an additional ten thousand dollar payment. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, fuck um, Kevin Owens. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, so that show was two leg drops got picked up and then he rolled up Hogan for the win. Oh shit. Um so then we had Sting in 98, uh Goldberg in 98. Um this is a technicality, uh but the wall in 2000 um he got up before a pinfall attempt was made, so technically no. Um, and th- this is a list that I just picked off of Reddit because it seemed okay. like the most complete list. Okay. What are we doing right now? Trying to see no, how I, many people. Uh, we don't We don't need to do this. <laughs> hey, there's only four more on this list, and they're all either current Hall of Famers or um, they will be Hall, Hall of Famers. All happened in 2002. Um, so this would be the this would be the the rock. We'll cover that next next week. Uh, tr- uh Triple H, of course. Uh The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Um so to uh, again reiterate on what we're doing, um Sid Justice was the second person in wrestling history to kick out of the um, Hulk Hogan atomic leg drop, um, but would definitely not be the last. Um, this match was slow. It was clunky. Um, they had the unholy task of not only following Tatanka and Rick Martel, also had to follow the Natural Disasters and Money Inc., and then also had to follow. Owen Hart and Skinner. Okay. You're the main event. And the product you put out there, like like I said, slow, no one cared, um, overbooked, underworked, Sid yelling, a lot of stuff with like Hulk's trapezius, um, got the Hulk up. Um, Hulk hit the leg drop, um, pot, and then Papa Shango infamously missed his cue to break up the leg drop. So Sid had to kick. Um, I mean, he didn't, but he did. Um, and then Hogan wins by disqualification. God, this is so bad. Oh, and then not to mention, um, because the power team of Sid Justice and Papa Shango isn't bad enough. We had to have the old the ultimate warrior show up. Um huge pop. Um he left uh last summer because of his money disputes at at SummerSlam. Um, showing up here, so I guess the man got paid. Um, cleared out the baddies, shake shaking the ropes. Um, yeah. Okay, well, Todd's completely selling you short. Um, I I'm really not. This match. Uh, go ahead. 
he's a known Hogan hater. And, you know, he doesn't like punk. He doesn't like Hogan. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but listen, this match isn't as bad as Cod's making it out to be. It's clearly Sid Justice ruined, you know, isn't doing this match justice. And it's a travesty. And the fact that we're on here discussing this on this podcast is utter, utter ridiculous. Um, I'm not a punk. And, 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 and why, right. let me, while, while I'm on this train, uh, Sid Justice is lucky that Beefcake Barber was all coming off of his surgery because Beefcake Barber would have came out and showed his ass a thing or two. I can tell you that, brother. Yeah. Um, what I what I will say as a as a retort of sorts, um, I'm not a punk guy, but I will give the man his respect. Uh, the man's a draw, of course. Um, I'll also give Hulk Hogan his due. Um when it's deserved. Um this was a two person tango and both dancers had two left feet. <laughs> Something wasn't vibing. And Hogan is not the mat technician he once was. Sid has never been a mat technician. Um Sid can't lead a match. Hogan is not a miracle worker. Um this match was doomed from the start. Period. There's, there's, there's no. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It was doomed as soon as they put Sid Vicious in it. Yeah, because it should have been Hogan and Flair from the jump. There's no reason why you immediately get Ric Flair and then put him in the middle of your WrestleMania card. There's no reason for it. This is a double main. This is a double main event. Okay. Obviously, the first part of the main main event or one of the matches is Savage Flair, hands down. The second one is not Sid and Hogan, okay? It's fucking Brett and Piper, okay? Facts are facts. Those two matches are not like the others. They're head and shoulders above the rest. This main event is infamously, I, I would say top 10 at least worst mania main main events in in history oh yeah yeah i agree without without a doubt and if you in you know if you're one of those that just blames hogan that's i mean it's not entirely true sid is sid is essentially freaking freaking tackling dummy i mean he can't he can't work okay um and then he had to kick out of the leg drop. There was no question about it. No doubt. Had to. If that's if that's the finish, then kick out and we'll come up with a new finish. You're not the first yeah. one. It's yeah, just yeah. it's it's just it's just like Andre getting getting body slammed. There's all these um there's all these sayings and all these off off the cuff records. That are that are made like oh uh, nobody's kicked out of the leg drop oh nobody's scoop nobody's scoop slammed Andre it's all happened before brother I tell you that oh yeah um but that's all I've got for this one it was 
It was good. It got great. And then it was a wet fart. Um, um what did you think about the Hogan. show? Oh god. Fuck. Go, 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 go. I was gonna ask you what you thought of the whole show in general. Uh, I think the whole show was a little rough around the edges, but um I mean the main event is what kind of pulled through for me at the end here. But yeah, um a different a different um a very, a very, very interesting card. Let's, let's put, put it to you that way. Um, which match did you enjoy more, the Hogan Sid match or Sean and Tito? Um, Sean and Tito. Okay, I I respect you for that. Yeah, I mean, it barely edged edged out Hogan, but that's that's fair. Sean and Tito. <laughs> Ah, you fucking mark. Well, that does it here for this chapter of the Retro Review, courtesy of your wrestling purists. Uh, Jeff, where can they find you on the Twitter machine? Jeff M. Hall 1. Awesome. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at WPPod1. Um, there will be a video clip, probably a Papa Shango waddling his ass down to the ring to try and break up the leg drop late. Doesn't make it. Um, so expect that on our TikTok here pretty soon. Um, and it just it's just a coincidence, Jeff, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, you're saying I'm not a Hogan guy. Um, next week, we're going to take a look at, um, in my opinion, the best hogan wrestlemania match which one is that that would be from wrestlemania 18 um that would be his infamous square off against the rock this would be icon versus icon this is the true once in a lifetime john cena can fuck off i would agree 100 percent. and i i i don't want to give my um uh, well, you know what? I'm. I'm. I don't want to say too much. I'll, I'll wait to give my uh, my words of wisdom for the show. Fair, fair enough. Um, if you want to watch the show beforehand, it is on Peacock. Um, spoiler alert: unless anything drastic has changed since the last time I watched this show, that is going to be my match of the night. Um. <laughs> it's it's in in my mind the last time i watched it the last time i had an educated opinion on it it was the best wrestlemania it was one of the best wrestlemania matches um i would say probably top 10 to 15 um of all of all time um but i'll get into that more next week um in the meantime go check out some of our old retro review stuff um go when you go over to Twitter at WPPod1, be sure to like and retweet um myself uh you know rub rubbing elbows with uh one half of the WWE Hall of Fame Rock and Roll Express. That would be Ricky Morton. Um Jeff shaking his head um as I share this. Um but I also met his son Carrie, the NWA junior world heavyweight champion. Um so go like and retweet that uh for us. Jeff, what uh 
you what's up uh nothing i just this is gonna bite me in the ass is what this is gonna do mm. god it's gonna bite me in the ass i mean it's just i mean it's just like ziggler um ziggler ring of honor the last actual real ring of honor show it, it's weird because two of those three events have happened like with me like <sighs> uh yes secretary yeah. um so that's gonna do it for this one, like I said, go check out our other stuff. Go visit uh, Wrestling Recommendations at Wrestling Recom. Um, they are covering a lot of great matches. And so go give them a like, a follow, a retweet. Uh, go find them on TikTok as well. Um, with that being said, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Retro Review, courtesy of your very own Wrestling Purists. And we will... See you next time.